I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Telegraph Audio Football Club with me, JJ Bull. On the show, we're talking all things World Cup. England beat Argentina to maintain their 100% start to the tournament. The USA seem unstoppable as they aim to score 100 goals before the final in July. And there are hashtag heartwarming scenes as Thailand score their first ever World Cup goal. The group stages are nearly over, but an awful lot could happen in this week's fixtures. Could Scotland reach some knockouts of a World Cup? And on that note, we'll also hear your momentous footballing firsts. There's a first time for everything, after all, except for Scotland and the knockout stages of the World Cups. I am joined in the studio by the offside rules, Kate Borsey. Kate, last week you said you'd seen every minute of the World Cup. Have you kept up your 100% record? I surely have. And are you still enjoying it? <laughs> <laughs> My head is full uh-huh. already and we're, what, 10 days in? Yeah. Um, but I am still enjoying it. And actually, as a note, what we're seeing this year is a better quality than I've ever seen before. So yeah, it is a joy to watch. And returning to celebrate all things World Cup, it's the Telegraph's very own Hadra Rahim. Hello, Hadra. Hello. Are you enjoying the World Cup? I really am. I've watched more football, I think, than I ever have in my entire life over the past few weeks. And it's been fantastic. I'm learning more. I'm understanding a bit more about all the teams. I'm learning names. So this is a great first for me. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, let's go and straight on. Obviously, that's another Scottish accent on the podcast today, but we're going to talk about <laughs> I know, England. I'm feeling first of all. slightly intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to gang up on you. Uh, first of all, England's second game of the World Cup played Argentina. So, England are ranked 34 places above Argentina. Kate, should this game have been easier? Um, no, a couple of reasons why. Don't let Argentina's ranking lull you into a false sense of um, hope for England because part of the reason why they're ranked like that is because they didn't play games for a period of time because there's been much disorder in their national federation. Um, the whole thing collapsed. They didn't have a game for 18 months or so. Uh, manager was asked to come back. So, yeah, loads and loads of backstory for Argentina. So that's why they're ranked like they are. Um, and... You know, for them, they showed us against Japan how the way that they're playing this tournament is by, you know, taking a large Argentinian bus and just parking it. And they didn't allow England any room at all. Um, And that's how they played it. That's how they played that game. And fair play to them as well, because for periods of time, it worked very well. That's it. It was 24% possession that Argentina had in that game, which isn't an awful lot. Only 190 passes. Uh, So you can kind of see the 
game plan right there in the stats. I think <laughs> I think Abby McManus, the defender, England's defender, had more passes in the first half than the whole of the Argentinian team put together. Um, the goalkeeper did quite well as yes. well. Uh, Vanina Correa. Um, before Taylor's goal, of course, we were talking about Taylor a couple of weeks ago. Jodie Taylor, yeah. Yeah. So um, I felt she would just be able, to, be able to find a goal somewhere and get off to goal scoring. Are you telling me again. that you were right and I was yes. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but what else did Jodie do in that game? Well, you tell me. Well, not a lot else, but then you don't get that from Jodie Taylor. What you get is Jodie Taylor popping up and doing exactly what she did against Argentina, and that's why she's so useful. And I was relieved, actually, JJ. You are absolutely right. I, I basically feared for Jodie Taylor, and I did question why she was here at this tournament, having had such a bad run in the international games beforehand and also having had an injury hit season. But I am thrilled for Jodie that she can still do what she does best, and so she'll be really useful for for Phil Neville in this tournament um, because of her ability to just pop up and score. Hadra, what do you think of England so far? I think they've had quite a good run. And, I mean, that's quite tough for me to say. Um, <laughs> but I genuinely think that up until this point, they've been tested. And I think that's really important. Yes. Because if it was too easy, then we'd go in, like you said, lulling yourself into this false sense of hope, which some people I think at the moment are already feeling, oh, they've done, you know, it's been quite difficult up until this point. So they're definitely going to progress further. But I think I've, from what I've seen, they've played well. And if anything, coming up against tough opponents so far will only help them moving forward. Unlike the US, who've had quite an easy run of it, not just because they've come up against not teams that are not yeah, as good Thailand as them. Thailand and Chile. Well, but also, there is a skill there. They're obviously a really talented team. However, I think that that uh, lulls you into a false sense of security. I think we're yet to see the best from England, aren't we? And coming up against Japan, as they are this week on Wednesday, that will show us more about what that side have to offer. Um, we haven't really been tested yet. We haven't really shown any flair yet. A bit concerned about the midfield as well. I feel that we're lacking just a little bit of creativity there. Um, but I think once we're tested, we're going to get a real gauge of them. Um, teams like France and the USA think they've basically won it already. So uh, let's just see what happens when we get through to the round of 16. What do you think of Japan? That is the next game England have. What do you yeah. think of so far? Japan, uh, in the first game against Argentina, were rubbish, basically. They, they, they were anonymous. Uh, and they... I'm going to say that they conceded a draw. In other words, that should have been a game that they won. We all know about Argentina and how tough they are to break down, but they should have done a lot better. Against Scotland, Japan were better. Um, clever passing play from them, much more like the Japan we know. But are they the force they were four years ago and before that, another four years earlier when they won the World Cup? No, they aren't. I think 17 of their 23-player squad are at their first World Cup. And that shows you how much how Japan are, are having to bring through the new breed. We've also heard lines um, from former Japanese players about how actually women's football is decreasing in in popularity over in Japan. And that's so interesting because at the 2011 World Cup, the one that they won, that came after the tsunami and the natural disasters there. And that was such a wonderful story for the country. Despite all that devastation, they went on and won the World Cup. And that's a, that was a huge highlight for them. The fact that they haven't moved the team on from there is a shame. Why is that? Why, have, why is the numbers going down? I think it's a lack of support from the National Federation. I haven't quite got to the bottom of it yet. Um, I don't know whether they have, they, they've, they've had such key players like Ayamiyama, who, who's been insane. Um, such a good talisman for the team. 
And now that she's not playing, it seems that no one else has stepped up to take her place. I think they sort of rested on their laurels too much. I think they just thought that they had an amazing team and didn't think about developing it until it was too late. Do you think it's essential that England win their last game? They don't have to. They're already basically through, right? So uh, is it essential to finish top of the group? Is it? Does it keep momentum going? What do you think, Hadra? Totally. I think you should never not aim to win. The aim of the game. Well, yeah. I'm going to try and bomb it out. <laughs> yeah, well, the aim of the game, I think, is to show your opponents how well you can play. So I think in this game, they could show their upcoming opponents what they have, keep trying. Um, yeah, I don't see I don't see why not. You know, also, if England finish second in their group, then they're likely to meet Canada. It's a much easier route for them if they finish first. So, yeah. God, yes, they really need to finish top of that group. If they finish first, they get... Who's the team they finish well, there's a whole stream of possibilities here, oh, JJ. Let's do this. I like these. So, okay, okay. So, England are in Group D. So, if they finish top of Group D, they meet the third placed team in Group B. So, that's likely to be China or Spain, or the third placed team in Group E, and that will be Cameroon or New Zealand. Likely, New Zealand could be a replay of that friendly before the tournament, or third place. I hope everyone's still awake. Uh, or like it, yeah. third place in Group F, which is, well, definitely going to be Chile. Interesting. Hmm. Of those, England should probably beat all of them? I would have thought so. I don't see a major issue um, apart from it. And it obviously depends who gets that third place because only four yeah. um, of the groups get that third place um, berth in order to send them through to the last 16. The toughest um, opponent from my point of view will be the China-Spain and that's interesting because that game will be great and that is this week isn't it China-Spain yeah that is Back tonight today. Yeah, we're recording this on a Monday yes tonight winner takes all for that one so in that group um, you've got Germany China Spain South Africa so it's basically Germany in, in first and then a race for third and second between China and Spain well we should um, also talk about a team who has never qualified for the knockouts of a World Cup. The mighty Scotland. I'm just going to go and get some uh, shortbread. Okay, yeah. A cup of tea. That's all we eat. Some yeah. tablets. Yeah. That's all yeah. we have. Oh, Haggis. There. Yes. Name some more. Iron <laughs> Brew! Oh, God, they're taking the sugar out of it. It's not the same. No fun. Yeah, it's not as bad for you, which makes it not fun, yeah. Well, anyway, apart from the sugar out of Iron Brew, Hadra, is all hope lost for Scotland? Is there? Are they going to get through? Are they going to finish third? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. I think they have played well. It is quite sad, but I think they've played well. But based on their last game, lots of long-range shots on target. None of it really focused in the box. I just thought, it showed that, I don't know, they just didn't really have it together. And I think, to be honest, it would actually be a bit of a shame for the other teams if they got through based on how they played so far. Oh, I don't think it's been that oh, bad. Oh, God, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you must remember that this is Scotland's debut World Cup. I think oh. everyone's expecting these wonderful things from them. They have great players and they haven't unlocked the potential of those players, have yeah. they? Yeah. Shelley Kerr's tactics have come under um, huge criticism from Hope Solo, the uh, former US goalkeeper who seems to love to criticise everyone. But, you know, <laughs> Hope working for the BBC is, 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 has basically adopted Scotland. I mean, yeah. you Scots must be in, incredibly flattered by this. She's basically adopted Scotland <laughs> and she's used that as a platform to both praise them and absolutely hammer them at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, 
I think I, I sort of agree with a lot of what Hope Solo said. She, she was mostly kind of dissing what Shelley Kerr done tactically with yeah. it. But I think what's happened in the two games so far is that Scotland haven't really turned up until the last 15, 20 minutes. Yes. And probably. then when they start playing, you realise that, oh, actually, we're quite tidy. We've got some good players here. We can do things. And it's really, it's really worked. Uh, yet again, it's another long-range shot, but that's an, that's a good talent to have. Yeah, but that shouldn't be all you have. No. that was The Scotland-Japan game was just dominated by long-range shots. I was like, come on, guys, yeah. push it up into the box. Like, yeah. you need to be... That, to me, shows the skill of a team, how well you can play against your opponents. It just felt like there was just a very, very big lack of defence But there. they sat deep for a lot of that game, right? And then Japan were pushing them high up, and they seemed to have a bit more... I, I don't know if the word says energy, but they were just... They were higher at them, and they were they were getting turnovers higher in the pitch. Also, there was no way that was a penalty. A hundred percent was not a penalty. So Rachel Corsi is following. The ball comes over her shoulder. Uh, um, that's Sugasawa. Yeah, uh, hand on the shoulder of, Su- of yeah. Sugasawa. You could see as soon as they showed the playback, hundred percent not a penalty. She basically tripped over herself. I think she gets contact. This is the argument I hate when people say, "Well, there was contact," but Corsi has her arm on her shoulder, and it's not enough to pull her down. No. But Sugisawa knows she can go down. But yeah. then why would you even put your hand on the shoulder anyway? You know, I Rachel Corse is hugely experienced. She's Scotland's captain. She should have known better. And that's the second penalty Scotland have conceded in this tournament when really, rightly, they just shouldn't have been even in that situation. Uh, yes. And I think, I think I don't think she was out, was she out of position. I don't even think she was really. But I don't think Sugisawa was going to get the ball even. And um, I think she's just kind of... Like you know, when the defender, I guess a forward comes across you, and you're defending. You just sort of grab. I mean, <laughs> I do it sometimes. You sort of grab the shoulder of someone or the shirt a little bit just to know where they are, so they can't. Why get away even from do you. that? I don't know because I want to stop them getting past me. I think of course he's maybe doing the same. But in the box, why would you even do that? <sighs> I guess you're just hoping that. I mean, maybe she's hoping that your opponent just wouldn't fall to the ground like that. I think you're clutching at straws, JJ. I don't know. I, 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 I think you've defended on Corsi's part. Yes, for someone of Corsi's experience. Right. Yes, I do. Okay, and uh, however. There is, could you could argue that there might have been a penalty for Scotland in that same game. Uh, our old friend VAR didn't interfere. Uh, when was that? This is the handball. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you make of that? I think VAR is so difficult. It's kind of like because it's so based on what like one person's opinion really. I think it's quite hard to call these things. And I think I don't know. After the fact, I'm just kind of like whatever. It, it's done now. Sorry. <laughs> okay then let's skip that so uh, Scotland could still finish third if they beat Argentina yep. which judging by what we've seen so far I think is unlikely but oh, well, I, a, d- I, I don't know perhaps, perhaps Scotland have figured it out now you know Kim Little was playing far too deep again mm. against um, Japan and Hadra's right that there's no link-up play between Kim Little um, and Erin Cuthbert moving the ball forward. That's just not happening. Perhaps Claire Emsley should start this one. Um, and Scotland need to go at it. Rather than sit back and see what the other team has yeah. got for them, they need to go at it with this game. They really do. I totally agree. Dark horse of the tournament. There's always a dark horse. Italy. Oh my God, I love Italy. They're so exciting. (laughs) Do you know what's brilliant about them is both their games have been entertaining and filled with goals. Uh, 2-1 against Australia and that was them springing a surprise on the Matildas and then 5-0 against Jamaica. And what's more, they don't just score goals. Their goal scorers, Barbara Bonasea, Cristiana Girelli and Aurora Galli. They're just, they sound 
ace as well. <laughs> um, they do. I mean, what what a, what a joy to commentate on. And that 5-0 result against Jamaica, by the way, was their joint biggest win at the Women's World Cup ever. They're definitely my dark horses. Um, Khadija Shaw, your favourite. Oh, well, no, really she's just, up, she? no, no, very disappointed by that. I'd put her in my fantasy team thinking because she was cheap. <laughs> cheap and I, and I thought great um, but no um, she hasn't been getting the service for, for Jamaica and actually overall Jamaica have disappointed for me I, I, you know to get beaten 5-0 by Italy no matter how surprised we are by Italy they should have got something back in that game and that win for Italy it makes Group C really competitive because you've got Australia and Brazil Australia beat uh, Brazil 3-2 yes uh, so which means that now in that group uh, you, you've got Italy on six points, Brazil on yep. three, Australia on three. What's going to happen here? Well, Italy are through to the last 16, so that's all good. Um, Australia and Brazil, well, if, because of these third place berths, you could see both those teams through. Um, who knows? Jamaica play Australia, Italy play Brazil. You'd fancy Australia to get the points in this one, wouldn't you, based on Jamaica's awful losses yeah, so far? I would say so. Um, we should discuss another sort of I don't know what to call them really. They've they've not had a great time, Tyler. Oh, Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what I mean now. <laughs> um, so they were absolutely done by USA with a thirteen nil win. Uh, have we discussed celebrating goals? I think it's fine. I, I mean, me too. This is a professional. Guys, no. Whoa, oh, okay, come on, then. go on, weigh right. in, weigh I in. Just, I just think that. Once you get past a certain number of goals, like you've got to like what 10 number go- Okay, 10. so you've got, no, just for them, they got past like seven, eight, nine, like every two seconds, <laughs> 11, 12. <laughs> after that point, after like seven goals, I just thought, come on, like you can quite clearly see it was just a bit disrespectful. The the Thailand team. What? Surely, they, uh, surely it would have been more disrespectful for the USA to take their foot off the. Exactly. Oh, oh no, no, no! Races, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wasn't saying. I, I, I'm not saying that she, they should have stopped trying to score goals. What I'm saying she's getting is getting really animated. You know, here, guys. What I'm saying <laughs> is, she's, I think she's that security. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has this woman had too much caffeine? I just think that it's a little bit unfair when you quite clearly know you are winning. Like there is no chance Thailand were scoring a goal. But, I just think it. No, it is disrespectful when you can quite clearly see like the other team is hurting, just obviously be like, yep, great, we scored another one, let's keep going. There's no need to jump up like you've scored the you know winning shot in the Champions League final. Yeah, but it's like, not, it's not the USA's fault that Thailand are just getting no, absolutely No, I'm not apart. saying it's their fault, but Also, have you spent your entire life and your career getting to a World Cup and you get score in the World Cup finals? I think that's something that... Yeah, it wasn't their first goal in the World Cup finals. It was their, like, how many goals Some of the players was. First yeah. ever World Cup goal for Thailand. For, uh, sorry, well, for, for... Al- was it Alex Morgan? Oh, no, sorry, hang on. No. I might have to scooch that. What, what are you talking about? The oh, goal I was saying if you, if you spent your thing. entire career and you, you, know, you get the pinnacles playing at a World Cup finals, right, and then you score, I think you're entitled to celebrate, no matter if it's the 12th goal or the... Yeah, I mean, they are experienced scorers, the USA. To get five goals, as Alex Morgan did, just insane. I don't... You know, Jill Ellis could have looked at the scoreline and it was only 3-0 by half-time, by the way. All those goals came really late on. Mm-hmm. You could, if you were Jill Ellis, have thought, right, because we're up here and it's obviously going our way, I might take some players off, rest some players and try some new ones. 
She did a bit of that. But essentially, the USA are ingrained. It is ingrained in the USA to win and to enjoy it and to go for it. And was anyone going to stop them? No. And should anyone have stopped them? No, because it would have been disrespectful to Thailand for USA not to keep scoring. And actually, you know, despite all the goal celebs, the USA did go up to the Thailand players after the end of the game and um, and talk to them and say what a great game it was and were they okay. Um, and Thailand used it. You know, there wasn't a backlash over in Thailand about the result. In fact, um, the Thailand team had huge waves of support from their home nation. Um, on this one and that set them up really nicely for the game against Sweden so look don't don't take anything away from Thailand they are better than they were mm. coming into this World Cup but it was always going to be a shock for them mm. yeah and uh, one thing I noticed well I've noticed watching the USA games is that they are just as I said about England before they're much faster stronger taller they are athletes, JJ. Exactly, and you can see it in the difference. Like, what I don't know what hope Thailand had really. They've also got, they're very skillful. All these players, and they know where to be. They're, they're so well drilled and organised. Players in the right positions. Morgan's popping up at exactly the right time, the right place to pop in these. I goals. don't think it helped that Thailand's goalkeeper was oh abysmal. Like I said, I said it to you earlier. It seemed almost that every time a ball came close to her, as soon as it was about to go in the goal, she just gave up. And I was like, come on. Like, but it, that, that's genuinely what it looked like. She was like, oh, I could. Oh. Yeah, she is done. Yeah. She is small as well. She's, yeah. she's very she's very small. Yeah. And but a lot of those shots, she could have caught them. Well, she's uh, Thailand's second choice goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, for their game against Sweden, they um, bought in the first choice goalkeeper again. Um, but look, I, I mean, Thailand were just roundly beaten by very, very good opposition. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, Thailand did have those hashtag heartwarming scenes as they scored their first goal. That was so emotional. <laughs> I felt so happy for them. I was like, you've still lost, but wow, amazing. Yeah, It's a great finish as well in your post. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good. Up against Sweden in Thailand's second game, the goal from Sang and Goen, the um, Thailand captain. Yeah. Um, and the scenes, the scenes on the touchline were awesome, weren't they? Tears. Tears. Well, actually, Thailand have a coach and a manager and the manager um, basically funds the team. She runs an insurance company, I think, in Thailand and she employs a lot of that Thailand team so that they've got enough basic wage in order to carry on playing uh, and it's massively emotional and she was the lady who you saw tearing up on the side I mean it just it meant so much to them and that's why you know it's so important to have teams like Thailand yes they didn't perform to the level of everyone else but this is how this is what you build on if you're Thailand and you want to develop the women's game um, one team I've been a bit disappointed with so far is uh, Holland or the Netherlands whichever you want to call had was call me out in this earlier on. Um, so obviously they won the European Cup or European uh, Championship, I should say, uh, two years ago. But they've not. So I watched the Cameroon game. I live blogged it actually, and I felt like they're not really connecting with each other. There's not. Don't know what you think of it, Kate. Like I, I find that the they're playing this four three three. The wingers are very wide, and the fullbacks aren't getting up forward enough to to help and support. And the midfielders aren't either. So you, what you have is players like Lika Martins who is my favourite, I was saying earlier, uh, has the ball for a bit of time, but has to go backwards with it. And then um, Medima, obviously, has become our country's all-time top scorer. Yeah, I don't... Look, Medema 
is another one of those players that doesn't have to do very much. She just pops yeah. up at the right hand and she's done that in the WSL, the um, top women's, women's league here. She's done that for the whole season and that's why she's the top goal scorer. I think you've got to look at Netherlands as one of those teams who still have the potential to go very far in this tournament. Have we seen the best from them yet? No, we haven't. Is the link-up play great? No, it isn't. But their attacking force is insane. They're defensively a little bit weak, Netherlands, mm-hmm. and that's what may be their downfall. But I think with that array of attacking talent, you've got to give them more of a chance to progress into this tournament. A bit like Germany, you know, we haven't we haven't seen the best of Germany either yet. Sure. Do you see them being a potential uh, winner of the tournament? I mean, is, can you see anyone go past the USA or France at the moment? It's tough because it's all about the draw, right? And in the quarterfinals, the USA will probably meet France. So when we're talking about potential winners, you've got to really... Now, of course, things could go wrong up to that point, but I'm saying kind of probably... <laughs> The USA or France are going to knock each other out at the quarterfinal stage. So Germany, England, the Netherlands, Canada even, they all come in to play in this. We can't write anyone off because of that tie. Do you think we're um, missing Sweden from that list? Uh, Probably. Um, Kosovara Aslani uh, scored a goal for them um, in their recent game and, and, and in fact she scored um, a couple of goals for them one in each game she's been really impressive um, Sweden have a bit of an underrated team they were silver medalists at the Olympics in 2016 so don't write them off do I think they're going to win it I don't actually um, but what I have been impressed with is um, a couple of their players, like Caroline Sager as well. She's a veteran of that team. But in Sweden's game against Thailand, Caroline Sager had a 92% pass accuracy before she was subbed off. Um, And those are the players that make Sweden tick. They just don't have a whole load of them. You're listening to the Telegraph Audio Football Club, part of the Telegraph Podcasting Network. To find more of our podcasts, just go to telegraph.co.uk forward slash podcasts. So we should look ahead to the final uh, final games of this group stages and beyond. Are there any games you're particularly excited about this week, for example? Yes. So we've already mentioned the China-Spain game, haven't we? That's one to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, USA play Sweden on Thursday. This is uh, the third game for both sides in Group F. I'm really excited about How that. much yeah. am I looking forward to this <laughs> I'm one? I'm so excited. Yes. I want to see the US knock down a peg. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. I just want to see them really, really try to work hard to win. And I think, for me, I think Sweden are... They might not win, but I think they're underdogs. I think they could do quite well. And I'd like to see them make, you know, the teams who've had it relatively easy so far really work for it. Um, How about Italy-Brazil? Italy-Brazil, I think, based on Brazil's record in this tournament, and they lost the first one, won the second one. Um, Your favourite player, Marta, came Uh, on, JJ. Um, I learnt this week that Marta plays the ukulele. Is that right? <laughs> as does as does Monica, the uh, Brazil defender. She doesn't she doesn't play the ukulele, but she sings and actually really really well. But going back to Marta, she plays the ukulele, um, and if, and if you can find it, there is a great song that she made up about how girls are allowed to play football and you know boys boys don't let girls play football, but girls show them what they're made of. Anyway, it's a really cool little song, much better than I've just described it. By the way, <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> Um, but yeah really good ukulele player not so good at lasting the full 90 Marta Um, I'm not sure whether you're going to see her much of her again in this World Cup we'll just have to see Um, I would go Italy for this based on their past results although they are qualified already so that's that's, that's fine we'll accept that Um, how about well I mean the big one for for me and Hadra is obviously Scotland Argentina 
Are we going to get past Argentina? Nah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said no. Maybe they might. I'm not saying they're not going to score goals. I just don't think they're going to win. I mean, if they do win, that would be absolutely amazing. But I just don't see it. When, winning that would would uh, put Scotland in the one of the the positions for so the best four third qualification teams. Yeah, I've said that in English, haven't I? Third place teams. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best of those go through. So at the moment, we know it's probably well, we've got so there's a few teams on three points already that are level with the teams in second. Nigeria could possibly do it. Um, China, yeah, uh, Australia, Brazil, Spain, Norway. Uh, Japan have four points, so you'd think. Yeah, I've I've got here probably that these four berths will be ni- uh, will be Nigeria, China. It'll be tight for Brazil, Argentina, or Scotland. Tight for New Zealand. Tight for Chile. So I think Nigeria and China are the dead certs for me to go through on these third place finishes, and, and it could change obviously based on the results of this week. Um, Argentina or Scotland. Oh, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, guys. I really hope Scotland do this. Um, yeah, I mean, Chile probably won't make it, so we can probably scratch them off the list. Um, if we move ahead to the to the last sixteen, there are some really good matchups here. In fact, we're going to see some of the perhaps favourites out at this stage because the second place teams in Group E and F. Two really tough groups in this tournament. So that could be Canada or the Netherlands um, will play USA or Sweden. So the second two teams in E and F will play each other. So that means Canada or the Netherlands versus USA or Sweden. So you're going to see one of those go out. And whoever wins Group E, that's Canada or Holland, will meet Japan in the last 16. Potentially another side to go out there. Hadra, is there anyone you're tipping to win the whole thing? And is there anyone that has disappointed you so far? I say from Scotland. Yep. Oh. Okay, to win. To win already? Yeah, the games you've seen, what's the team you've seen that looks like the best? I don't want to say the US. Um, why don't you why don't you want to yeah, say? I don't know. I don't know. I just I just developed this bias against them. I don't want them to win. I think I always like the teams who have maybe not played exceptionally well, but have really worked hard to get there I like it when those kinds of teams win so actually I think I'm going to say I'm just going to go right out and say like I want Sweden to win okay. I think it would be I think it would be really good if they won yep. I thought you were going to say um, England <laughs> <laughs> she never wouldn't, she wouldn't do that never I would I'd never be, say that I'd be fine with it um, and what was the second question who's disappointed me yeah definitely Scotland um, actually I've been a little bit um, let down by the kind of Japan and China, to be honest. I've not really been super happy with the way they've been playing. I haven't enjoyed it as much. I thought they'd be a bit better, especially Japan, considering their record. Um, So yeah, them and obviously Scotland. Shame. Cry, cry. (laughs) And finally, as Thailand celebrated their first ever goal to Women's World Cup yesterday, uh, which is Sunday, I should add, you might be listening to this on a different day, what has been the most memorable footballing first for you? So we asked on Twitter, and Victor replied with his first Champions League game, Villarreal versus Manchester United in 2005. An incredible nil-nil. What an occasion. Really lived up to <laughs> expectations. It is quite cool when you go to Champions League games and they play the Champions yes. I love that. It is good, isn't it? So good. Um, but we're going to throw this question to you. So I'm going to go to Hadra first. What's your, what's your footballing first? What was your best? I think, so... 
it's no secret to everyone in this office, literally every single person in this office. You're entirely neutral as a football journalist. Exactly. Except? Except that I am a huge Liverpool fan. Obviously, we won the Champions League. Just get that in there. Never forget. Um, I think for me, it was probably... I've only really been a fan of, their for, of theirs for a few years now. And I think for me, it was a, it was a loss for Liverpool. But it was the turning point that made me realise just how invested I was in them as a team when they lost the Champions League final last <laughs> year. It was, I cried and my sister made fun of me. She was like, get a grip. Honestly, oh, Yeah, but they're not really football fans, you see, so they, they couldn't just relate. Don't get it, they, they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when Mo Salah got taken off the pitch, it was just, it was that moment. Yes, it was a loss, but it was that moment where I was, I realised just how invested I was in them as a team and how much I... I absolutely adored them as people. For me, that was the turning point. And I was like, this is it for the rest of my life. I'm a hardcore Liverpool fan. And they have not disappointed. I am so beyond proud to be a Liverpool fan. They've done absolutely amazing. And we won! <laughs> That's good. And uh, kids? <laughs> for me, do you know what? Either um, attending my first World Cup final, which was the Women's World Cup final four years ago um, when the USA played Japan and the USA, courtesy of Carly Lloyd, who of course nearly scored a hat-trick in the yeah. game against Chile. Um, USA won that one and were just insane. And I sat there in the crowd and it was over in Canada and the, the USA support by, for, their, for their game against Chile, actually, 45,000 people there uh, yesterday. And the, you, you can just imagine the level of US support at that game, along with all the crazy Japan supporters as well. That, that was awesome. And then also, I learned to play football not that long ago I have to say probably about seven or eight years ago now Uh and that was on the back of me loving football but never having learned it at school Um, and I just thought oh well I I actually as a journalist thought that I was going to write a piece about learning how to play at the age of 30 whatever Um, (laughs) and I joined a local side called the Phoenix Ladies based in um, Charlton in southeast London and um and I learned a lot of how to play there and it was awesome and it was it was just really nice because it because it does add another dimension to your knowledge for sure do you think it changed the way you saw football when you started playing it yeah i think i think it's vision on the pitch isn't it it's 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 understanding how players work together and how frustrating the kind of pros and cons how frustrating it can be when you're playing and it's not cohesive and it's not working between you um as well as when it does work of course but yeah yeah definitely can i add to that actually sure it's not necessarily watching football. It's not like football first, like watching a match that really turned me. Yeah. I mentioned it to you earlier. So my niece, um, shout out to her, she'll be very excited, um, got signed to her team a few weeks ago. Uh, she's a goalkeeper. And uh, we were watching the Women's World Cup uh, together a few Fridays ago. And seeing her face light up at the fact that there is all women on this pitch. And Alex Scott, who's the uh, ex-Arsenal player, who's an amazing footballer, beautiful woman my niece just in shock at the fact that you can wear makeup and get your hair done and still you know be a football player to her that was amazing and seeing her light up and watching this and being so invested in it has really made me want to continue to be invested in it and really push her to do well because she's an amazing goalkeeper um i went to see her play for the first time and she was fantastic she could be the new um christiana endler couldn't uh, she well oh yeah chili keeper awesome (laughs) 
We should mention Nendler, actually. She's had a great game. Yeah, she's um, she's terrific. She plays for PSG. She's in that Chile side. And, you know, this is interesting because goalkeeping comes under a lot of flack, doesn't it, at these major tournaments. But that's what you get. OK, Chile, not a brilliant team, but the goalkeeper standout performances. That's what you get when you have a full-time professional with access to full-time goalkeeping coaching on your side. And that's the difference with Christine Endler is that she's at PSG. She's got access to all of that wonderful support. And those are the performances that you get. So that's a real point to remember. Um, Honestly, she's awesome. The USA could have had so many more goals. If you've not seen it, go back and see her saves because that's such a brilliant example of goalkeeping. She could... I mean, honestly, she got she got her hand to so much. She jumps high. She just she's just nice an positioning of anything. She's yeah, always in the right positioning, place. Positioning, shots, shot stopping, athleticism, covering the box. You know, she she ticks all the boxes for me. <laughs> the six yards, <laughs> every single box on the pitch. Hear um, that, Zara? That's you and. 10, 15 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'd like to add my uh, my, my footballing oh, yeah. first, which is oh, I scored my first ever goal <gasps> at 11 asides when I was maybe 14 or something like that. And I remember thinking that when you score, it's going to be the most amazing feeling <laughs> in the entire world. Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe it. it's going to happen. And it happens all so quickly, so before you even know it. And uh, the ball comes down, and I just put my foot through it, and it ends up in the back of the net, and everyone goes, yeah, and run back to the centre circle. And I'm thinking, is that... Is that it? Did you celebrate, JJ? Well, no, because I didn't know what was going on. But then shortly <laughs> after, because it was just so underwhelming. It's like, I thought this was going to be like a pinnacle moment of my life. <laughs> and then about five minutes later, the ball comes over to me at the edge of the box. I'm not very good at football, by the way. Um, but then the ball comes down and control it, skin uh, the outside of the fullback, and I hit it with the outside of my foot and it goes in the top corner. And then I went mental. Because <laughs> then I knew what to expect. Finally knew, yeah. Oh, awesome. and it was good. I love football. It's great. I'm so happy for 14-year-old you. Yeah, he was better than me. Anyway, um, <laughs> we should, uh, if you uh, want to talk to us, you can contact the podcast on afcpodcast at telegraph.co.uk. It's an email address. And uh, we'll read out the best of what you send us. You can subscribe to the podcast, search for Telegraph Audio Football Club. It's in all the places, Spotify's and your iTunes and all that. Uh, thanks to Joel Grove for uh, working all the buttons. And of course, thanks to Kate and Hadra for making this delicious podcast. Have a good World Cup. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.